All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that is introspective. And ordinarily, we only make your brains tingle metaphorically, but today, we're here to make your shit tingle for real. Ooh, heck yeah. And you know who's going to help us do that? Our good guest, Yell Tigo! Hello. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the excitement to stop. No, I get it. Yeah. I, I didn't know when to jump I'm in. I'm sorry, the excitement never stopped here? Uh, <laughs> so much. It was too much fanfare. Look, I get it. I'm a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm overwhelmed. But you decided to bring in ASMR to this wonderful show falls under the experiences umbrella. So if someone never heard of ASMR or is like, What's, what, what, what is this asthma I've been hearing about? Uh, could you pitch it to them real quick? Yeah, absolutely. ASMR is autonomous sensory meridian response. I always want to say autonomous meridian sensory response, but it's the other way. Right. ASMR. I know my alphabet. This is an experience that you feel uh, because of sounds. You feel a, what they call tingling sensation uh, because you hear a specific sound. So for example, if growing up at some point in school, you may have felt a teacher had a soothing voice and it relaxed you in a way and gave you the the proper chills, the, the happy chills. It's positive. It is not the negative nails on a chalkboard chills, um, then that is that is you having ASMR and experiencing it. So I brought in some of my favorite ASM artists uh, to show us their good stuff. Nice. Uh, and you gave us like specific instructions on how to enjoy, which we definitely appreciate. Yeah, I'm shocked that you followed my suggested instructions i mean if we're gonna experience it we gotta do it right you're not gonna suggest something and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna do this all willy-nilly uh no i gotta like go in and feel it i part of the enjoyment of asmr is having an open mind to experiences i read that in an article <laughs> yeah and I, I just need instructions because otherwise i wander around confused and scared i scream a it's lot true. and i've got neighbors so thank you for the for the instruction i felt very safe <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad they were helpful. And so you brought this as part of our monthly theme of goodbye halcyon days. Halcyon specifically meaning denoting a period of time in the past that was idyllically happy and peaceful. So why do you think that this fits that theme? So I think that, you know, ASMR is about uh, tranquility and relaxation. And I think that when you're in a transitional period, it is nice to have something calming, uh, maybe meditation-like to help you transition and manage the stress of change. Okay, nice. I do really like 
that you brought in something that I could not make into a social justice thing because that makes me it gives me a lot less pressure so that I don't have to be like, and this is why people are taking advantage of the. <laughs> I guess at some point I probably will because this did become a commodity. Uh, so I changed my mind. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this about capitalism. But still, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lex, is this your first time experiencing ASMR? Are you a big ASMR consumption artist? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess my answer to that question would be twofold, although I'm very enamored of the phrase consumption artist now, and I plan to fold it into my regular <laughs> life. But when I was in middle school, actually, we had a science teacher whose name was Mrs. Norris. Um, she was super cool. She was an older lady. She had a big poster in her classroom that was a blow up of a Harry Potter folder that had the cat on it. And it said, Mrs. Norris is watching you in big letters. She was a, she was a character, but super cool. And she would, you know, we'd do our science tests and she would read the answers off so that we could, you know, like check each other's papers later on. And the way she would, specifically the true or false answers, the way she would enunciate true and false gave me this strange reaction that only very, very recently I have come to understand as an ASMR reaction. So I suppose you could say for me, that's where it starts, or at least that's as far back as I can remember uh, an ASMR experience uh, intersecting with my world. But more recently, a couple of years ago, I was working for a company called Super Deluxe, which was one of the kind of most fun, weird jobs I think that I had or that, you know, like anybody working there in the live department had. One of the things that we did, there were regular streams um, that were directed by a friend of the show, Caprice Castano, who's been on a few times, where she would put me into a golden bathtub filled with a particular type of food. And the, the type of weirdo shit that we would do is it would be a live stream of me in this tub, shirtless, like, a, you know, appearing nude for a full hour, eating one at a time, whatever thing was in this tub with me. And there's a bunch of different ones. We did popcorn around Halloween. We did candy corn. Uh, we did hard boiled eggs. I ate eight hard boiled eggs in an hour, which you are not supposed to do. Uh, we did pickles, which a ton of people saw. But I bring it up because at certain intervals during the live stream, I guess the, the audience that was watching, um, if you uh, do a certain amount of engagement, you fill up the ASMR meter. And when the meter fills up, they lower from the ceiling uh, directly in front of my face uh, a microphone. It's the ASMR mic. And then I lean into the microphone and I just like it over enunciate the chewing sounds into the mic. Um, for however long, you know, like it could be like a minute or more and then the mic goes away and they have to fill it up again. But th that was actually when I was introduced to ASMR as a concept, um, when I was on a live internet stream chewing a lot of food. Um, so that's sort of my... <laughs> That's my bedrock. And like that actually is like when I when I was introduced to ASMR as like a thing. And then it's been interesting to see over the past couple of years how much that sort of, if you want to call it a movement, how much that has grown. Like it's become uh, its own sort of mini industry in a way that I was completely unaware of till 
I mean, honestly, the degree to which it's become its own industry, I don't think I was fully aware of until, Yale, you sent us a playlist of videos. And I saw that some of these channels have, what, all, the better part of 2 million subscribers. They're getting 500,000 plus views per video. So it's been it's really interesting now to try and track the development of this thing as a, as a movement, as a business. But yeah, for me, it goes back to science class and eating way too many eggs. <laughs> I love that your introduction to ASMR was that you were producing ASMR content and had no idea. Yeah. Um, also, is that job available? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Super Deluxe, like a lot of other companies, was a casualty of a massive corporate merger that we had no say in. So the company, uh, unfortunately, is no longer around. But was, yeah, was one of the coolest, funnest, just absolutely gonzo weirdo shit jobs that I think we're ever going to have. But like, yeah, so that was a big running thing. I forget. I think I want to say we did five or six of those. Um, but yes, that was that was when I was introduced to it. And I do think that, um, I don't know if it was the live department, I think the live department did um, other ASMR themed videos, but the ones I was a part of were, yeah, these sort of big productions uh, in which I chewed food real nastily. <laughs> Gross. One. Uh, two, Yell, how did you discover ASMR? So um, I actually discovered ASMR because uh, some really good friends of mine were like, have you ever seen that that weird whisper stuff? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then, I don't know, like a year later, somebody, uh, I was doing a show at Screen Junkies and one of the co-guests came up to me and was like, have you ever done ASMR? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, it's this whisper thing. And I was like, oh, I have heard of this. I've heard of the whisper thing. <laughs> um, and he goes, you have a voice for ASMR. And I was like, cool. So then I went home and Googled it. Because I was like, now, now I'm interested. Now someone's complimented me, I think. <laughs> I Googled it. And the first video I saw was YouTubers responding to ASMR. Mm. And I was fascinated by their response. So I started watching some. And I ended up spending two hours just watching ASMR videos without headphones and just taking it in so um, enamored by what was happening in front of me, uh, and, and discovering different ASM artists. And eventually I learned that you're supposed to wear headphones. And so I listened with headphones and I realized what I like and what I don't like. I have a very, um, weird long story about, uh, my ears. I don't like my ears touched. Mm. Um, and so there's a very specific sound that when I hear it reminds me of a traumatic event that um, caused me to not like my ears being touched. And so I can't hear that sound, um, but other sounds I love. Um, and, and the weirdest part is I don't get tingles. I am one of the people that don't feel tingles, mm. but I find it so relaxing that I listen to it to go to sleep every night. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I think we're going to need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the origins of asthma. We're gonna <laughs> That's not it. We're going to talk about, fine, we're going to talk about the origins of ASMR, where the name came from, how the, the tingles came about, where in our history it's fallen. Is there an evolutionary aspect of it? Well, find out right after this break. All right, we are back. And, you know, we usually have ch -ch bus to recap, uh, but there's nothing to recap because ASMR is such a wide-spanning thing 
that to try to even cover uh, every video that has existed, I think we would die first. Um, so we will cover the origins of it, like where it came from in terms of ASMR, the term, uh, because the the feeling has been very prevalent. It has been described as far back as 1925 and probably before, but it received a name in 2010 in a forum where people were talking about uh, having that sensation of the tingles on the top of the head. And a bunch of people started talking about it and discussing that they've also had it for different reasons. And then it was officially coined by uh, Jennifer Allen when she wanted to find a way to distinguish it from kind of the arousal aspects that people kind of connotate that feeling with. And so she she found words that felt more clinical, but also stood out as a as a defining feature of ASMR. So I just want to make sure that like people understand th this feeling that we're trying to describe. So a lot of times it is described as a brain massage, uh, or I've also heard like a brain orgasm is the other term that has been used. Okay. Um, and if you remember those um claw head massagers that were a thing for a minute do you remember those oh yeah so i have been told that the tingles that you feel uh from asmr feels like that head massager huh. makes your head feel um, but i've also heard that people don't only feel it on their head some will feel it down the spine others will feel it on the arm so there are different places that you can feel tingles mm-hmm and again, I say this as someone who does not feel tingles, right. but feels a calm relaxation, which is, I think, also a wonderful benefit and experience. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had felt like anything akin to tingles until some of the videos that you had shown me, specifically one where the lady was a librarian and she was like playing with books. And I was like, okay, I think I, think I felt it. And then another time when the lady was playing with an afro pick she called it a comb and i was like ha, 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 white people i think those are the two common things because in doing some research about asmr like there's not a lot of hard science around it at the moment because it's very subjective it is so dependent on a person's associations with sounds that there's no way to like act actively track it uh, I mean, you can see what parts of your brain are lighting up, but you don't know why that is the case. And so I assume from my uh, experience with it and from my research that it is very much about how your brain associates these sounds and these feelings with kind of uh, your previous experiences or in some way is affected because our brains are a series of random uh, synapses that like your brain just interprets that in a pleasurable way. Lex, have you ever felt the tingles, the crinkle tinkles? <laughs> so so it, what I thought was really interesting going through the list of videos that yell that you sent us was seeing seeing what I reacted to, what I didn't, and noticing that I was experiencing, I guess, what you would call tingles, but not necessarily with a great deal of consistency. I noticed that where I tend to feel it is actually my upper back and shoulders area, which I thought was interesting. And I feel like maybe if we were able to study 
this this phenomena in greater detail, we could maybe start to see if we could figure out, you know, like where these tingles manifest in different spots on people's body, what that might have to do with sort of whatever's going on uh, internally, physically. But what I thought was really interesting was that I was having kind of both experiences. I was uh, having, especially some of the stuff uh, where people were playing with objects, things like tapping or brushing. Mm. I would not necessarily feel the tingle, but I would feel the relaxation. But what really uh, did the the sort of tingle aspect for me pretty consistently, or at least the most consistently, was human voice. Like, interestingly, something mm. about, and not everyone's voice, but something about the near, not exact whisper, but the near whisper and the little, and it's, I can't think of a less disgusting way to phrase this, the little smacky mouth sounds that mm-hmm. people are making inadvertently. Like, they're not, they're mm-hmm. not over-enunciating. Nobody's going... But the tiny little sounds that you don't notice that you're constantly making when you speak, but of course, with the mic directly up in somebody's face, you pick up each little smacky bit. Something about that, I don't know why. And there's, it's, it's interesting too with the tingle. It's like, um, it feels like, yeah, there's a pleasurable aspect to it, but there's also a little bit of like, uh, like a, like a shudder feeling to it as well. Which I thought was interesting, but also tracking from say one hour to the next you know, or one um, energy level to the next, how the exact same sound would affect me differently, or it would affect me or it wouldn't. So it's interesting that we haven't really, as as you guys were saying, like, we've not really been able to study this too definitively, right? Because in, in a weird way, I feel like a lot of, uh, much like I think, studying the effects of marijuana on somebody, right? Like a lot of it, so much of it is going to boil down to yes, like the variables within the version of the thing that you're experiencing, but also little variables in your biology and your individual psychology. But I feel like, yeah, what we could potentially learn about the brain uh, by monitoring people's responses or lack of responses to this, I feel like that would be really fascinating. So I'm hoping some, some fun weirdo science person is hard at work on this. And that they want to talk to me about it. I mean, there have been a number of peer-reviewed articles written about it, but it's also so new that people are focusing on it that uh, I I think it'll be years until we get anything super definitive in the scientific world. But like, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, If we were to rewind, let's talk about triggers. Yes. (laughs) Because we've, we've, hinted at it. We've talked about the different things that affect us in different ways. Um, And so you can categorize ASMR in, I believe it's five different categories. There's whispering is a trigger. It's uh, auditory, like nonverbal. There's, what is it? Uh, Personal attention Mm -hmm. is is one that people like. Clinical role play. And there's tactile. Yum, 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 yum. Those are the main triggers. I think it's fascinating that you have taken this uh, and you've like dissected in such a way. I've just, you know, I've just studied. I'm a, I'm a well-studied man. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> um, no, but yes. So what's what's really funny is one of the videos I sent you, the first video, is uh, one of my favorite ASM artists, GB. Mm-hmm. Um, and she explains what ASMR is. Right. Um, and I think that's wonderful. She also literally, I think her video is maybe three minutes and the rest of the 10 minutes is other people's videos of her being like, look at this person, check out this person, look at this person, which is so wonderful about the like ASMR community. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to triggers, the next video I sent you was a fast or slow um, video to find out what you prefer because 
yes, triggers are a big part of it. Yeah. How they are done is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love GB's videos. She goes too fast for me. Even her faster slow video, her slow is too fast. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like when you have a trigger you like and it's not done in a way you enjoy, then it like ruins the whole thing. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's like if someone's trying to do a sex with you and they're like, I'm doing the broad strokes of that thing you like. And you're like, but you're not doing it the way that I like. And you're, and you're like, I can't, I can't get my tingles this way. Ruin everything. What? I'm trying to make a relatable analogy. Disagree. <laughs> I'm trying to make the least relatable analogy. I'm stuck on. I can't get my tingles this way. Like having to be like, okay, stop, stop, stop. I, it's not you. It's really not you. I'm sorry. This happens sometimes. I just can't, I can't get my tingles this way. <laughs> triggers. Triggers. <laughs> yes. But I, I agree. Like having watched so many different varieties of videos, it's it's interesting the breadth of quality and the way that people do their asmr and the different tools that they have and even just like the some of them i was there just for their personality so the faster slow person i believe her name was uh, balata i enjoyed her personality the asmr especially since it was like my second one uh really like focusing in i could have taken her leaving because i was like okay this is asmr but she was very charming to Mm me um and i think that that is also kind of another aspect in that i think part of the asmr experience is this feeling of interacting with someone else and them like especially once you start getting into the personal attention uh asmr it's very much about these small, intimate experiences with people. And I think that is part of why people are drawn to it personally. And, and especially like when you get the whispery uh, aspect to it where it's only in really intimate moments that you get someone kind of like slowly whispering in your ear. And especially once you get to more like clinical and... Uh, assorted experiences, then those are the moments where you are most vulnerable. You uh, are essentially at the mercy of someone else. Um, So I was looking at different articles and a professor at, I believe it was Ohio State University, uh, he had posited that there may be an evolutionary aspect to it in that um, in, in early versions of our primate ancestors like grooming is a very big way for them to build community and these pieces where essentially we are in non-threatening intimate uh, environments are the kind of equivalent of the the grooming that they used to do when we were primates and we had to pick things off of each other that's really interesting especially because i found that i tend to really prefer um, personal attention uh ASMR videos. And what I learned through that was, well, first, I think that it's partially because uh, a lot of women, if you've ever gotten your makeup done at like a makeup counter or by a makeup artist for a photo shoot or a costume or um, face painting, uh, I would say it's Sephora, you know, any of those things, you may have experienced real life ASMR in that moment. So having a video where I can take that experience home is really amazing. Yeah. But you were talking about the Mm -hmm. non-threatening. And I have found that I almost exclusively 
watch ASMR performed by women. Yeah. Um, because I am very particular about what male voice I'm going to allow to whisper in my ear. Right. Um, and it was very interesting because I was trying to find a variety of um, artists to show you all mm-hmm. and to find males that I did not find threatening or annoying or scary. It was right. Difficult. Yeah. Um, especially when they're whispering in your ear. Mm-hmm. Again, because it's they're they're past the point of your own boundaries, and so like you are you're physically letting them into your space. Whether I mean, even if it's a video, mm-hmm. like the act of ASMR is effectively crossing your boundaries and you allowing them to do so. Uh, so that's really interesting. I never thought about the like. I mean, I, I thought about the non-threatening versus threatening part but as a man I, i've never had to be like oh yeah i guess like men are mostly murderers to women and so like having them in your ear <laughs> is, is probably not as relaxing as you might think uh, there's one that i actually included in this uh, playlist that i made for you all that i realized like i enjoy the way he does his tactile things yeah um and then he speaks and i get very uncomfortable right um luckily he speaks very little so it's nice yeah, that's good. That's how all men should be. Yeah, if I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like I feel, I feel like I was actually experiencing something very similar without, like, very subconsciously. Like, yes, when, when the videos that had men whispering to me, something about it. Like there were moments where I was like, okay, this is this is doing the same thing that the other ones are, and this is this is working. But for the most part, there was a greater feeling of like. Uh, this is very uncomfortable. Like I was definitely having, I guess, I guess they were tingles, but they were very uncomfortable tingles versus, yeah, I didn't really have that with, with any of the women speakers. So that's interesting. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense, but I'm wondering where that is tethered in my psychology. I mean, Cause I think it's less fear of being murdered and more like, why are you standing so close? I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely is fear of being murdered. I mean, if you look, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you look at the stats, murderers tend to be male as do rapists. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I think we all, are aware of the society we live in right that's why i don't like going back and looking at my own work it's because i listen to myself and i go that dude's gonna murder me and i'm uncomfortable are you a murderer <laughs> lex something you want to tell us yeah we just find I, out that I, I might statistically statistically i might be <laughs> i mean well if if you listen to late aughts uh, commercials about how weed funds terror. Oh my gosh, you've probably murdered so many people. <laughs> I'm one of the greatest backers of global terrorism. In the last <laughs> Can I ask uh, what tingles uh, or what triggers were your favorite and what triggers were your least favorite? So I guess for me, like, yeah, like I said before, ultimately human voice did it for me the most and with the most consistency but it was the second video in the playlist it was the the slow fast one which actually i think was probably my favorite one that i that i looked at i liked the history of video a bunch but that might be my favorite one and i think it has a lot to do with i think she brought the most personality to it while also doing the whisper voice thing that really works for me but the object that she used that i think more than any other object anybody else pulled uh, that worked for me was there was a little, I believe it was a little bottle of Listerine. Mm, yes. And she would basically just toss within the bottle, you know, toss the liquid from one side of it to the other. And something about that at first for about half a second, because you, I mean, you know how liquid sounds when you move it around inside a container, there's a, like a little bit of like a, 
sound to it. And at first, you know, for the first, we're literally talking two to three seconds, deeply uncomfortable. And then you settle into it and there's something about it where I was like, oh, like, like I said, no, I think my sort of area where I get those sensations, upper back and shoulders. But then when I settle into that feeling, which at first is sort of off-putting, then I start to feel it in my chest and it almost ends up feeling like, uh, like butterflies, you know, like, and I think it's very interesting that people have found a way to tie this into, I don't know, like getting each other horny and stuff. <laughs> Cause it really is that feeling like, like butterfly, like when you like somebody, you know what I mean? Like when you're just sort of discovering those feelings of really liking somebody, um, those feelings you get in your stomach, it was like that, like once I settled into that feeling, it was like that. Um, but in my like chest area, I hope it was that. And I don't need medical attention or anything because that that would be if it wasn't that actually that'd be really concerning. But I'm pretty sure it was the sound. Um, and yeah, something about that more than any other thing. And like some of the tapping, I was like a version of this could really do it for me. But I feel like I actually haven't quite found what my speed is for that yet. Like some of the fast seemed a little too aggressive and some of the slow seemed like, yeah, like there's, there's a, either a mid range here or somewhere off of the scale I was presented with. And that's where my sweet spot's going to be. But something about the like gloop liquid sound, yeah, which, yeah, which I would never have anticipated and was at first very uncomfortable, but yeah, something about that, like actually like grabbed my whole upper torso and just like, you know, gave it a, a kind of weirdly, handsy hug oh yeah i think i'm very much about like more ambient specific asmr uh so like the so the library one that i mentioned which was by gentle whispering that one it had a lot of just like typing and moving of books and shifting a, a ruler up and down the pages like those kind of things uh were very much my speed uh the the tapping i think i can see why people like it but i don't think it is what does it for me if anything i it makes me feel like they're they're doing it too much sometimes mm. where they're just like oh yeah you guys love tapping i'm going to do some tapping uh and uh that i don't think feels as organic as the clinical or personal care because they're just doing a thing and you happen to be there um which i think is probably why I understand how people do it for sleep because it's like you're effectively just in an environment that isn't quiet. It is where something's happening and maybe someone's there. It's almost like relaxing with a friend, you know, because like it's it's just ambient enough that you don't have to be in that moment, but it also has a familiarity about it. Uh, so I think those were probably my my jam. Do you have like a specific trigger that you're like, ooh, jam, this is my jam? Um, I found that that like face brushing um, was something I really liked. I okay. really like it done when, especially when, um, if they have the brush on the camera, so that it looks like it's brushing your face, yeah. but they also at the same time are moving a brush on the mic so you hear mm. the sound. Okay. Um, because I a lot of the face stuff, doesn't have sound because they're literally putting their hands up to a camera. Yeah. Um, and so I like when they can make the sound to go with it so I can get the full thing. But I yeah. do think when it's someone that I trust and appreciate, like Ting Ting is one of my favorite ASMR, uh, ASMR artists, the one that I listen to the most. Yeah. And she, when she touches my face through the camera, uh -huh. I'm like, yes, touch my face. 
Um, like even when she does things that like she does this, I she'll pick up. She has like a like a tape measure, the kind you'd have for like a seamstress. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to I need to measure your face. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> great. And so she puts it up and she like does, you know, like a cross and then top to bottom and then diagonals. And then she's like, and now just and like in the middle of your face. And she goes, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like as though she's looking at numbers and recording whatever she's doing. Yeah. She's not doing anything. She's right. not measuring anything. Also, it's a camera. I'm assuming that all the measurements are the same. It's the same camera <laughs> maybe, every time. Maybe she has a look, a look, a mannequin face on there. And she's like, oh, yeah, this mannequin is six inches tall. Um, you brought up Ting Ting. And I really like her videos specifically because she has that like top notch ear equipment mm-hmm. where um, so uh, a big thing in ASMR is that it is in stereo. And so people will either use two separate mics or they'll have their like Yeti in stereo mode. And that way they can affect you on each side. And like they can, it's like they're literally going back and forth on each side of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has the speakers with like the ears and she'll use like little cotton swabs on, on the ears and things of that sort. Uh, and it like corresponds Cause like I I'm going to be so nitpicky and petty right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like some some of the videos the stereo is backwards. Oh no! Um, and I don't like that because it like breaks the immersion. But hers I think are very well crafted, and she is like in that moment. Like she you are her patient, or you are her massage person, or you're her friend and she's just like interacting with you. Yeah. She has a lot of, in addition to the 3DO ears, yeah. she has uh, mannequin heads with hair. And so she will um, cut hair. She will shampoo hair. She will massage a head in front of you. She will brush it a lot. She does hair coloring. Um, there's one that I haven't watched because I'm not such a fan of the hair ones, mm. but like she has one where she, it's shampooing this head. Yeah. She has the things to make you feel like you're really there, which I love. So it took me, like Lex was saying about getting comfortable with the sound. Yeah. I could not with the whispering at first because of the mouth smacking. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I realized that once I like the person, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. And I enjoy it. Yeah. That said, do not like wet sounds. Do not like when they put lotion on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm listening to lotion. And it bothers me so much. I once woke up because we made it to a lotion part. Had to push on YouTube to jump a few seconds. Yeah. And then kept jumping till we were done with the lotion. I was like, okay. And went back to sleep. (laughs) I just can't with the lotion. Puts the lotion on its hands (laughs) and then goes back to sleep again. (laughs) The lotion really bothers me. I do like tapping. For me, one of the like nails on a chalkboard type sounds mm-hmm. is the sound of like cardboard against cardboard. So like when you're folding a box or unfolding a box. Okay. And so I like when people tap on a box, but if you open that box, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to your thing about the like where it feels like they're doing it on purpose rather than natural. Yeah. Um, every time an ASM artist opens a jar. Mm-hmm. The jar is open. I don't know why you're continuing to spin the lid. Right. I can see that it's open. You like take it off and put it on and take it off and put it on to make that sound. No, just don't do that. Right. So that 
kind of gets me into this area of the commoditization of ASMR, which when I started researching this, I thought about how people learn how to do ASMR. And I think that a lot of it is effectively like, I'm sure that some people do like, oh, tutorials. Um, But I'm sure that also people just learn from watching other people. Mm -hmm. And then they go, cool, maybe I will do my own sounds or maybe I'll try to put my own spin on it. Or they'll be like, I like this, so I'm going to share this with you guys. And you, in your playlist, you also included three videos with celebrities doing quote unquote ASMR. Yes. And it is effectively a, a pale imitation of ASMR. So we had Aubrey Plaza, uh, Cardi B, and then a commercial starring Zoe Kravitz. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can forgive the Cardi B and Aubrey Plaza ones for me because it is a gross commercialization of this community that use this thing for a uh, like for their own like sleep or enjoyment. And you're just trying to take that and and capitalize on that movement um which i mean is garbage and shitty and i hate it but Mm. um i i think that like it's just them promoting a thing and i'm like fine it's not as offensive as the commercial i feel which effectively takes everything about asmr and strips it of the things that make it pleasurable in that the editing, the audio editing for the commercial takes away all of the mouth sounds. It takes away, a, it like softens a lot of the ambient sounds like of her pouring and things of that sort, uh, which is the whole purpose of ASMR. So it's the aesthetics of ASMR, but it is not the function of ASMR. And I think that that I think is a step too far. Um, It's one thing to put someone in a situation and be like, try this thing. And it's another to try to take that thing and wear it as a costume. And so, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have specific thoughts about this, but I thought that that was the ultimate offensive commoditization of ASMR. I agree. To give some context uh, for people who don't know what videos we're talking about, um, the Cardi B and uh, Aubrey Plaza one are celebrity interviews where the gimmick is that they do ASMR. Right. I will say this, Aubrey Plaza clearly knows ASMR, clearly enjoys ASMR, like really went for it. Cardi B knew exactly what she was doing as well. She was like, oh, let's try this. Uh Because she did her occur sound into the mic as a whisper. (laughs) Yeah. Which is incredible. Because I didn't think she could do it quietly. Right. The commercial was a Super Bowl commercial for beer from a year or two ago. I don't know, sports. So yeah. it was a big deal. It was everywhere. And I remember when I saw the commercial, not getting, not connecting in my head that that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Was that that was an ASMR commercial because you're right. They do take away the mouth sounds. It is very much a like audio clip put into video. The yeah. whole thing is edited. Um, and she, it's too loud. The video starts too loud. <laughs> it starts with a very loud sound. And ASMR should be listened to In theory, the way it's supposed to be listened to is with headphones and you should turn it up so that you can hear them in your ears. Yeah. You can't listen to that with headphones. It's too loud. I even wrote in my instructions. I was like, do not wear headphones. Yeah. I was so worried for you guys. (laughs) Well, luckily, my my hearing is going bad because I listen to loud music. Uh So I was fine. Okay. Also, it doesn't do any like stereo play. It like is very much if you could (laughs) appropriate 
I mean, I don't know if you can call this like a appropriative community, but if you can appropriate, that's what they're doing. They're like, oh boy, for Halloween, I'm going to be an ASM artist. And you're like, <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, there's more to it, but that's dope. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's, that is very much what they did. Yeah. Um, I, I think celebrities doing ASMR is interesting because it's, it's like all the other fields that we are in where we are people who do this skill and celebrities come in and go, I want to do this skill. And they go, great, here, have a show. And I assume that this, you know, celebrities doing ASMR probably hurts ASM artists. Probably. I mean, and that I think is the moment. Those three videos are the moment that I realized that there is an art to ASMR. Not that I didn't think that there was an art to it. It's just that like, it's the moment that it clicked that yes, there is, there is a wide variety of like good and bad ASMR or like effective and non-effective ASMR. And I think that that was the moment for me that I was like, oh yes, this is something that like you have to not train in, but like it's something that you have to get better at over time and understand how it works and why it works for you and then how what could work for other people and translate that into something that is consumable. It's very much like like podcasts or YouTube shows or Twitch. You know, it's it's this kind of user-generated content that some people are good at. Right. Some people get better at. And some people just put out crap. That's true. Now that you say that, there is an argument to be had about the fact that we are trying to, even the people who make these commercials, and some people have enough followers that it is their like full-time money job, that like we, we've taken this feeling and we're like, yo, baby, how do I make money off this feeling? And it's like, I, I guess that's how society runs. You, you, you have a thing that brings you joy. You got to make money off of it. That's, that's capitalism, baby. While we're discussing mm -hmm. this, let me pitch my ASMR podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did have an idea to do, because one guy told me once that I have a voice for ASMR, I decided I want to do some sort of ASMR podcast. Right. Um, and I would love, and I'm putting this out there for people, because there is partially a, a sexual or erotic aspect to it, I would love to read people's erotica <laughs> not that i have to write it but i would love to read people's erotica and just release that as a podcast for people to enjoy okay uh, i i would say there is literally a zero percent chance that there is not a massive audience for that i also know that this already exists but people would listen to me do it <laughs> yes i think i've heard the term asm erotica oh um somewhere i don't remember where i mean and it's it's a i think i was telling you about an asmr that someone had sent me where it's like it's a personal attention one but it's specifically about self-pleasure and things of that sort it is one of those things i feel like this is a community it's a weird comparison but i'm doing it um this is a community like the furries community where it is assumed that it is a sexual thing by people who are not part of the community or don't care to look into it right and it's not necessarily right i think that like there's a thing that uh, people who talk to sex workers will discuss and they'll, they'll tell you that like most of the time it's not about the sex. It's about the, the, the intimacy of having someone there and someone to be able to talk to. And I think that that's part of, I mean, and that I think is also applied to ASMR in that 
people are like, yeah, this is someone who's going to give you them tingles. But it's more about like having that connection. Like people with autism will sometimes use ASMR to just practice eye contact because it's a, as we said, like a non-threatening and like a stakes-free way mm-hmm. of like having an interaction with someone and practicing your own social interactions without someone being like, why are you being weird or something? Because people are monsters and they have no regard for who you are. And so uh. Uh, I I do like that there are so many different uses for ASMR. And like, yes, you could like the Gentle Whispering channel. Some of her videos, I'm like, man, she wants to fuck. <laughs> um, but that's because some of the scenarios feel like they are specifically taken out of like, porn scenarios where it's just like oh look at this librarian helping you she thinks your name is so nice but that's not what it's about what it's, just, you looking at it's funny because it's that is a hundred percent you're you putting that onto it i say this as someone who's like watched a lot of these scenarios um have seen them and and yes they are the same scenarios that one would put in porn but at no point is that where this was going <laughs> And this is why I watch only female-identified ASMRs. Uh, that's fair. I mean, yes, I'm sure that I'm projecting so much. Um, there's there's an artist that I watched once uh, on Twitch. Yes. And I spent, I fell down this rabbit hole for over an hour. Yeah. And I like slow ASMR and she was too slow. <laughs> but when she got to a certain number of donations... She would, she had the um, 3DO uh, two-ear microphone. Yeah. She would do tongue play with the ears. Mm. So that, I understand, to some would probably be erotic. Right. To others, it's probably just a a tingle uh, trigger. Yeah. And so I think that it depends on what you bring to it as the viewer. (laughs) Stop Um, sexualizing these artists. Right. To be clear. It's a bit. I don't. I don't think that uh, gentle whispering wants to do a sex. Well, also to be fair, you're the one who said tongue play to the ear. Yes, she was licking the ear. That's 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 all I'm saying. It's it makes a sound. The sound is different than if it was a brush or right. yeah. You can't simulate a tongue uh, going to an ear. You just have to have a tongue going in an ear. And Believe like I me, said, I don't I've like tried. I don't like the wet sound, so I stopped watching. Because <laughs> she also did like lotion and stuff. She then had to wipe the entire ear down to remove the lotion before she put her tongue on Ew. it. And I was like, I can't, I can't with this. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, Tari, may I ask you a question? Go on. Did you watch? I can't remember who it was who did the plucking. Was it Tina? It was. Uh, I think so. Yes, it was Tina. Yeah. Um, I specifically said that to find out how you felt about it, because I know that you do not like people touching your face. And this one is specifically (laughs) fingers coming at your face. Right. Can I tell you, I did not like it, not for that purpose, um, but because my ear is trained to remove mouth sounds and I can hear every movement of her tongue. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's like it is it, like I, I can't deal with it. Like, it do you makes want me to me, do it for your audience? No, thank you. Okay. It make, like it, it makes me cringe. So her, I couldn't get thirty seconds into her video because it's just it's too mm-hmm. like tongue soundy. I hate it, 
And like, I'm sure that it like does it for people, but like, because I do so much audio QC, it like my brain is automatically wired to be like, this needs to go. And so the moment she started doing the plucking thing, uh, she and says, she's pluck, like, pluck, uh, I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm done. It's funny that you say that because there was an artist and I don't remember who it was, who, um, I think it was ASMR glow who like has trouble, I guess, controlling her breath. Okay. And as someone who publicly speaks, I could not stand her running out of air while yeah. she was doing her ASMR because then I had trouble breathing, mm. listening to her. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, it took me forever to understand why I was having trouble breathing. <laughs> but it's because she would she would run out of air as she was talking and then she would have to keep going with her ASMR. And I was like, this is miserable. Yeah, that's interesting that you had like a sympathetic breathing moment. Well, because I'm trying to like- No, yeah, you're trying to the rhythm. Yeah. It. yeah. I mean, and it's a it's a natural thing that we do when we are with someone else's, they, they call it mirroring. Sometimes when you are interested in someone or it's someone that you are friends with, like if you're sitting across from each other, you may like mirror posture mm -hmm. and things of that sort. And so, and sometimes you'll mirror someone's breathing. Uh, I'm not trying to mansplain uh, mirroring. I just wanted to give context for what I was saying. But if I was to mansplain, I would say... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Anyway, we are uh, coming up to the end of our show. So I wanted to get final thoughts. Anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about? Any last pitches that you might have if someone's like, I'm still not sure about this asthma thing. ASMR. Um, <laughs> uh, or anything that you wanted to get off your chest before we go. Yell, do you have any final thoughts? Yes. Um, I just think that uh, there's a there's a bad rap. There's like a, a misunderstanding of ASMR. People do think it is a sexual thing. People do think it's a weird whisper thing. Um, I say, check it out. Just try it um, and, and see the different people in the different styles. And I believe this playlist will become available for people to check out. Yes. Um, and so give it a shot. Worst case, you're like, not for me. Best case, you've fallen into a beautiful hole. And um, I will tell you that YouTube is full of it. Um, you can get podcasts if you don't like the visual aspect of it. There's also an app called the Tingles app. I had it for a bit. And the benefit is it's essentially all of the same stuff from YouTube, um, but it auto plays into the next video without any ads. Mm. And you can set a sleep timer so that it'll shut off while you're sleeping because I definitely woke up to a nightmare once because of <laughs> um, so uh, that said the tingles app I believe you have to subscribe to like help the artists otherwise you're kind of stealing their content but mm. just something to look into pay artists for their work um, but also check it just give it a give it a shot you really there's nothing to lose it's not weird most people like it and don't even know it I agree Lex do you have any final thoughts so I think uh, one of the last big, big concepts I feel like I want to address, something that I thought just for me personally was an interesting and sort of unexpected takeaway. So we've we've discussed uh, a whole bunch of different types of ASMR. There are the sounds with the triggers. There's um, the personal attention. But there's also things like, you know, somebody uh, attentively performing a task, something very sort of mundane, like food preparation, which a video like that, I would imagine if you are able to surrender yourself over to it by going on that 
small, arguably mundane journey with the person who's making the video, it is a type of mindfulness exercise, right? I think it's really interesting that uh, there is a therapeutic aspect to so many of these videos. And right now, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're on, uh, I'd say, what, month eight? Uh, some some people would argue year four of being collectively traumatized. And right now, if you are a caring person and you're taking personal responsibility, you're probably not going to terribly many places. And so I think it's really fascinating that uh, another variety of ASMR videos, and I think it goes hand in hand with the personal attention concept, they've created scenarios, like essentially like mini role play scenarios, like you went to get a haircut or something, and you're talking to the person uh, at the the barbershop, and then you go through the process of having your your haircut, things like that. I think there is uh, immense therapeutic value in what we've been talking about, if you are open to it. And I would be the very first person to be like, what, really? Come on. And I I think on some level I was for a while. But uh, Yelp, thank you for exposing us to this in the way that you did. I think the instructions were very, very helpful for me. And I appreciate that there was a wide variety there because that's that really is my biggest takeaway is I think this could potentially, and you know, like any type of therapy, it won't necessarily be the same level of effectiveness for every person. But I think, you know, right now things are uh, stressful. And I think right now there are a lot of folks who are also maybe not in a position to have as much contact with other people as they're used to. And I think uh, I would encourage people very heavily to give it a shot and see if one of these varieties uh, is right for them. Because even if you don't get the tingles, you may still get a little bit of uh, therapeutic benefit from it. And I think right now, Um, we all need to sort of seek those things out in whatever sort of healthy, constructive places that we can. So I'm happy I found this because this actually feels like something that I, like I got sleep issues. So this I think is something that I could use as a tool for myself as well. But I would, uh, I would encourage people very much to go check out a couple different varieties and, and see, because it's, you don't, you don't have to go anywhere. You can do it at home and it's not going to cost you anything. And I think there is a chance that it could offer you some much needed soothing of the soul in these uh, awfully batshit horrifying times. That's my, that's my final thought. That's a good final thought. That's that a great final thought. Yeah. You encapsulated a lot of what I was thinking about as well. So I will also reiterate that the playlist and instructions will be in the description below. Uh, just for your reference, we'll also tweet it out. Uh, just so y'all can experience ASMR yourselves. But if you wanted to, you know, ask Yell about ASMR or you just wanted to keep up with her, where could they do that, Yell? Um, I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. If you think that an erotica, me reading erotica podcast is a good idea, send me erotica to read. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing stopping me from doing it is not having the erotica to read. Okay. Yeah. That's an easily surmountable obstacle. You know, I thought so, but I tweeted it out and no one sent me anything. <laughs> um, are you working on anything that you want people to check out? Yes. You can find Streaming Wars where we talk about all the different things on all the different streaming platforms. I know it sounds like a lot, but we condense it uh, on that hashtag show. I also do a show called Super Lady Hero Hour uh, Sundays on Fanversation. And I'm on Twitch twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. If you like, I guess, mansplaining um, or backseat driving or any of those things people really hate when you do, 
my channel's the channel to do it on because I don't know how to play the video games. So <laughs> please come tell me what to do. Nice. Twitch.tv slash Yaltiegel. Again, that's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Nice. Lex, where can people find you if they want to give you those crinkle tinkles? <laughs> it's not what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's like I had that immediate visceral reaction, but maybe if I just open myself to it a little bit more fully, it will give me the heart flutter feelings that make me think I need medical attention. Yeah, that's what you uh, want. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. I also do a podcast with my partner, Marianne Ramish, that we call Friends with Benefits, where we take a look at the massive pop culture juggernaut that is the television series Friends. I think it ran for seven or eight decades uh, in the 90s which was seven or eight decades long. Uh, we talk about it from a fan perspective and a critical perspective because whereas Marianne is a big fan of that particular program, I am not. Thankfully, I'm having a pretty good time talking about it. You can find that wherever you find your podcast. We are on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. That gives you an opportunity to catch up. We're in season two right now. I know it's streaming on HBO Max. So you can watch along with us. We're having a blast. It's called Friends with Benefits. Go check that out. And Tari J, if people want to touch uh, your face with their minds and make a whole bunch of like lip smacky tongue sounds that you love so, so much, where can they do that? They can do that nowhere. I'm not available. <laughs> um, but if they do want to recommend other kinds of ASMR, they can do so at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. But most importantly, you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G. O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter and Instagram. And so make sure that you are following us to keep track of what we're going to be talking about from week to week. And we're going to be doing our last show next week with Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind or whatever it's called. It's called Close Encounters. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, make sure to follow us. We're in the midst of talking about a wrap-up show, so uh, keep an ear out for that as well. But until then, this has been the retrospective that is introspective. 